You're listening to Heavy Networking, the flagship podcast of the Packet Pushers Podcast Network, coming to your earbuds weekly since 2010. And today, we're looking into network monitoring with sponsor VMware. Back in the day when a host was bare metal and you knew every cable switch port IP address and firewall rule and SNMP element manager, hey, that was just the thing. As soon as you saw the red object go green or the green object go red, you were on it. You knew what to do. You fixed it. You also had a flow record analyzer. I mean, that was an additional thing you had. Wow, you were just so fancy. In 2021, yeah, forget all of that, because you can't remember every port, IP, or firewall rule. No one knows all the flows to expect from an application, not even close, actually. Uh, most of the stuff showing up on your network is virtual. Probably it's ephemeral, and some irritating amount of it is up in the cloud now. You're far enough away from the metal that you're not entirely sure there's actual servers anymore. Uh, are there? Have you, have you seen them? How can you be sure? A network monitoring tool for today knows VMs, knows virtualized distributed network devices and cloud networking. And that tool can put together end-to-end -end flows so that you know exactly how all this virtualized stuff is actually talking. And that saves you from having to figure it out artisanally, which let's face it, right? It's a losing proposition. And I say that knowing exactly how awesome of a network engineer you are. It's not that you can't figure it out. It's just a terrible way to spend your time. VMware's vRealized Network Insight is our topic, and our guests are Matt Just and Martine Smith of VMware. We've talked about vRealized Network Insight before. You can check out our TechPipe podcast from May 2021, where we cover AppAware network monitoring and assurance. Uh, today, again, we're dealing in vRealized Network Insight. Welcome, Matt and Martine. Matt, I want to hand off the first question to you, because I mentioned in that intro, end-to-end um, -end network monitoring. So... Give me some context around that. What does that idea mean to you um, from a vRealize Network Insight perspective? And, and networking and, and visibility within vRealize Network Insight, we find that, you know, we want to be able, it's, it's very challenging at times to be able to utilize network monitoring tools that are focusing whether specifically on, you know, the underlay or, or looking at the overlay infrastructure or maybe, you know, product specific to like a specific vendor. So with end-to-end -end network monitoring within vRealize Network Insight, we're talking about providing visibility into the overlay infrastructure, such as running like NSX as your overlay, providing micro-segmentation or uh, overlay networking, tying that into the underlay networking infrastructure within a data center, but then extending that visibility from the data center out to the branches, extending that visibility from the data center up to whether it's public clouds or VMware cloud on AWS or uh, Azure VMware solutions and so on, uh, being able to have those those integrations with, you know, strongly with VMware products, but also with third party products and tying that picture all together. So that way you have a single pane of glass to be able to monitor network and security operations within your infrastructure. Oh, Matt, you said single pane of glass, and you just lost half the audience. But that <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go there, single pane of glass, <laughs> with the an emphasis on pain. But uh, I, I think the question that I wanted to ask here was, you are talking about visibility where you can see into the overlay, because obviously vRealize Network Insight is part of the NSX, it's part of VMware Suite. So you've got this unique opportunity to capture data in the virtual switch, but then you mentioned a key word here, which you said you're integrating it with the underlay. Can you expand a little bit to me on how you do both? How do you weld those two together into a unified visibility? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're taking and utilizing a, you know, Network Insight is utilizing an app-centric 
network and security operations approach. So we're, we're a providing the end-to-end visibility and a agentless form utilizing various data collection methods. So we're analyzing and we're, we have deep integration, obviously, with, you know, vCenter uh, doing data collection from vCenter, from the virtual distributed switches, ingesting, you know, flows, uh, and data um, uh, from both of those, including NSX pulling flows from the NSX distributed firewall. Uh, so that way we're as closest to the application workloads as possible, doing analysis, um, also doing data pulls from NSX. And we're utilizing things like API and SNMP integrations. And then we're doing underlay integration, utilizing various components, whether depending on the vendor and how, you know, what, what they offer as far as points of integration from an agentless uh, solution uh, perspective, such as, you know, utilizing APIs, uh, doing SSH read only, SNMP read only, ingesting flows, whether it be NetFlow or IPFIX or SFlow, um, and then taking all that data and pulling it all together and visualizing it. So that way we have that full picture. We're not losing visibility, you know, as we're, you know, if I'm a, a network engineer and I'm troubleshooting uh, um, an, uh, an issue with an application and I'm looking at the underlay infrastructure and I kind of lose visibility at that top of rack switch going into that virtual overlay into my VMware environment, because a yeah. lot of tools don't have that integration with both and they yeah. lose that. So what you're sort of alluding to there is that, Ultimately, even though the overlay is the overlay and you can get a lot of data for how the overlay is performing, you don't necessarily have the visibility into what's happening in the physical network. And if you've got problems in the physical network, like buffers are overloaded or some put switch, some sort of switches in the data center path are down, or you've got some sort of overload happening somewhere in the network, how do you trace that down when the overload doesn't see the underlay? So that's a known problem, if you like. We all know that that's something that is kind of real for most of us, but how do you actually get the visibility? What are you doing to extract data from the underlying network to weld the overlay? Like the overlay data I get, you come from the NSX agent, like, well, not the NSX agent, but you can tap into the data that comes from the virtual switch. So Greg, you're talking about, uh, you're talking about like uh, the correlating, the overlay to the underlay, because like we can pull all the metadata, but how do you put those together? So you know where the overlay and the underlay uh, kind of meet. You have to collect some data. So where are you going to, how are you collect the data? Then you have to correlate the data. You have to store it in a data store. And then you have to do a third thing, which is some analysis. That's the root of it. So how's that done? Let me actually jump in there because one of the things that was uh, mentioned in the intro was like absolutely spot on. All of that, that data that you have that you need to be able to correlate. Like we used to be able to draw it out on a whiteboard, right? So how is the topology? How is the, uh, the switchboards connected and all that? And where should I look for the problem? That's, that's not a that's not a valuable thing anymore. Uh, so what 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 happens on the water? Like all of those data sources that um, that Matt just uh, named, like the third party uh, switches, firewalls, load balancers, and then of course also the uh, the integrations into API, even stuff like Cisco ACI. All of the the data that's pulled is basically just just doing a show routing, show interfaces, show CDP neighbors. Uh, getting the MAC address table, uh, all of that, and then pulling everything together. And then inside VRNI itself or Network Insight, there's basically a, a virtual topology built. So it correlates everything together as in it'll, it'll build the topology based on what data it is ingesting. So basically you, you get a virtual 
model of uh, of the network inside the uh, the network inside database and then based off of that we can uh, do mapping network maps between uh, the virtual and the, and the physical world but basically think of it that we we have the networking topology inside vrni whether it's a, a virtual or physical and then just get that visibility end to end that's the idea so you know physical topology of the network because you're looking at that. It's not like you're doing just flow collection and then making inferences about network traffic. You actually understand hops and maybe where a VTAP is and where the virtual switches are because you're talking to all the VMware infrastructure and know all of that as well. Absolutely, yeah. So Martin, let's dig into that then. Give us the VRNI architecture that is uh, are there collectors are there do i have to have something sitting off a span port is it magic software that kind of integrates with nsx in a special way and is pulling data G give me the architecture where all the data is getting pulled from and then uh what am i looking at so that i can see what's going on yeah sure uh, i mean if if you you ask marketing it's 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 magic of course but of course. Uh, in the real world you would you would get you you need to input that data. You need to get that data into VRNI. Uh, so basically, what we have is we have a uh, appliance called a platform appliance, and that that thing could just run on your vSphere environment uh, or in our uh, VMware cloud. And the platform is basically the data warehouse. That that's where all the uh, the correlating happens. That's where all the data comes in and then gets uh, attached to each other and then gets analyzed as well. And uh, all of the things um, where, where all the data comes in. So it's not a collector, but the collect. So there's some kind of a collector that are sending it to this uh, appliance. Exactly. Because then the collector appliance, as we call it, uh, I mean, we're not going to name it very fancy or something. It's just a collector. Uh, that is a single appliance that you can put in like your management zone, right? Um, typically the data sources, such as your switch or router or even vCenter are located behind your firewalls, very closed off. Uh, you don't want to open anything up uh, from the outside. So you put that collector into that management zone and then it can it should be able to reach the uh, the, the management interfaces of those uh, those devices so once you have that set up the collector will um, um will will reach out to the platform so that's a one-way communication there's no connectivity needed between the uh, the platform and the uh collector just collector to platform uh, so it can be as closed off as you like, uh, behind net, all of that stuff is uh, is, is possible. And then it, it, inside, as simple as an SNMP poll, would that be an example here? Yeah, the SNMP polls happens from the collector. Yeah. Um, so once you have that, that appliance set up, then you go back to the platform and that's just a simple web for your web UI. You basically add your switches, your uh, vCenter, your NSX as a data source. And then once you've done that, then the collector will start uh, doing SNMP polls, will start logging into uh, switches using SSH and doing the show commands, or just using the API of the vCenter if you're adding a vCenter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's doing show commands as well. Okay. Okay. And, and Matt, what were you going to add? No, and I think, you know, what's also important to add is that, you know, the collector in, in as far as within the architecture is also doing all of the aggregation, the deduplication, pulling, you know, whether it's flow data or configuration data or SNMP polls and so on against various infrastructure. And then 
taking that data, reducing the amount of data also that is actually being set to the platform, which is, uh, you know, the, the uh, GUI interface that you're interacting and, and all the output. Um, so there's a, there's a drastic amount of data reduction between the collector going to the platform um, on that, you know, encrypted connection between the two. So, and then the other thing, you know, to call out too, it's just really nice about, you know, being a virtual appliance-based uh, collector is it, you can pretty much drop them wherever you want. And there's no limitation to the number of collectors that you want to deploy within an infrastructure. So, you know, if I want to do data collection in my data center and I've got a very large data center, let's say, you know, 80 to 100,000 virtual machines, you know, multiple hosts or multiple data centers, I can drop multiple collector appliances in my infrastructure and place them strategically based on where I want to do data capture and analysis. And then if I want to even add my, you know, branches as an example to have visibility into my branch infrastructure, I can also take that flexibility of either putting a collector in the data center and pulling that data over, you know, a uh, um, WAN interconnect, or I can take a collector and I can actually deploy it within the branch and do the collection in the branch and then send mm -hmm. the metadata and so on and metrics to the platform from the collector, reducing the amount of data I'm sending over my WAN infrastructure. Yeah, the collector takes all of the flow records that it might collect or the inspection data that collects and compacts it down. Now, that can be as simple as just compressing it, but it can also be like, oh, I can see I've got all these flow records. I'll just extract the, the metrics I need out of that and then discard the source data, right? Absolutely. Uh, so that's, and that means that then the, the connection between the collector and the analysis is the, uh, the bandwidth between the two is minimized. And so the analysis engine then ingests the data and extracts something from it. When you collect information from the network, I noticed that the documentation talks about IP fix. Is that widely used today? Like I know a lot of us talk about SFlow and NetFlow and then IPv6 is an iteration on that. Is that actually widely used in the market now or is it still newish if, if you like? IP fix is actually, it, it is more widely used, you know, in, in the industry that we're seeing. So, you know, the, I think the big thing to separate the two between NetFlow and IP fix, you know, NetFlow is, it tends to be, you know, proprietary to Cisco. So within mm -hmm. Cisco, you know, they utilize NetFlow version five and version nine um, and utilize it to do flows, to do data analysis within the infrastructure of Cisco components. Whereas IP fix is going to be a standardized, uh, you know, an RFC standardized um, method that is utilized by multi-vendor and also extends some additional capabilities beyond what you get from traditional NetFlow. And that's, you know, based off of template size and so on um, and, and capability. So, you know, as an example, with IP fix, we've got some, you know, uh, uh, additional capabilities of doing things like flow security with encryption and, and integrity, and then also being able to uh, provide additional data and customize the data that we want to be able to see, mm. uh, you know, that's sent from that IP fix export. There's different fields I can put into that IP fix record and have some flexibility so I can get certain bits of metadata magic out of a device and have that flexibility to embed that in an IP fix record, if I understand that correctly. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And an example where vRealize Network Insight comes in and actually utilizes and takes advantage of that 
um, you know, we'll work with vendors such as um, uh, various uh, firewall vendors, as an example. Um, what they'll do is they'll actually utilize and embed firewall rule IDs within their, their IP fix records, which Network Insight can then identify and actually show which firewall rules in, let's say, a path from VMA to VMB that is going through a NSX overlay, uh, virtual infrastructure going through the underlay infrastructure, passing through, uh, let's say, a physical firewall. We can actually identify the firewall rules that are uh, each flow um, is hitting on those firewalls that, you know, by pulling data both from, you know, whether it's API and the IP fix data. And then other areas that you're going to see it in is like, for instance, uh, application IDs can be embedded within the IP fix flow record. So with the integration that we have with VMware SD-WAN, which used to be uh, uh, known as VeloCloud that VMware acquired, mm -hmm. uh, as we're pulling in data, uh, there's application maps that the uh, VeloCloud orchestrator are hosting uh, to map, you know, applications and then be able to treat those with specific, you know, as we say, QoS parameters or quality of experience that they, as it's named within VMware SD-WAN to be able to identify those applications. And so what we'll do is we'll take within, uh, within the IP fix records, being able to see the application IDs and then associate them to a application record and then provide that visibility into things like, you know, for, uh, within Network Insight. So we can, you know, utilize that without having to go in and do, you know, uh, DPI and, and get into inspect, you know, deep inspection within packets, we can actually pull those parameters. So it's, an, you know, another benefit within IP fix. This is something that's, that's percolated up to me here. In the top of the show, we were talking about the VMware integration stuff, and you just mentioned it again, but we've also mentioned that there is broad support here. That is, it's not like VRNI is limited to only working with VMware stuff. This is a multi-vendor solution. I can push uh, just general, generic SNMP, uh, do polling, pull that data in. I can do flow record polling of various kinds, including uh, the IP fix that we've been talking about. You have integrations with other non-VMware vendors. So I shouldn't be thinking about this like, okay, this adds special magic to my VMware only stuff. It's actually a very broad multi-vendor tool. Absolutely. Yeah. We're very vendor agnostic. We're not strictly focusing on VMware infrastructure. Any infrastructure out there is not going to be all one vendor standardized. I mean, we don't, we just don't see that. Everybody has multi-vendor um, solutions, whether it be around uh, you know, dealing with uh, um, sw routing, switching, firewalling, load balancing, and so on, uh, SD-WAN. Um, so all of that's going to vary. And so we find it very important to be able to have those types of integrations with those vendors uh, and then being able to obviously, obviously tie in the VMware infrastructure and the NSX infrastructure and putting all that together. And, and, and not let's not leave out public cloud, you know, Azure, AWS, um, and being able to integrate with those solutions and be able to tie all that into to uh, providing the end end visibility. Okay, so public cloud, you just filled in another blank. I had another question. I was wondering about uh, how how deeply the public cloud integration goes. So, so actually, let's let's talk about that, but in a broader way. Can I build a network model with VRNI? Uh, and, and if I can do that, does it help me with testing? And I asked that because you, you mentioned earlier, Martine, I think you mentioned this, Hey, uh, we realize network insight is going to go into devices and do show commands and it knows how to parse that data and, and do things with it. So is that what I'm getting? Am I getting a model? Yeah, exactly that. Um, so basically what, what happens is we, we, we have a single page called the network map. 
And well, you, you can probably guess what that page does. Uh, it shows you an, a map of the current network. Uh, so that, that model that I was talking, uh, talking about earlier, that virtual topology that VNI builds um, will be displayed on, on, that, um, on that map. Uh, that means that you can show, show the exact current topology. So by default, it'll just show the current data. But the cool part is that you can also scroll back in time to like last week uh, before you did that change, uh, swapping out the core routers or something like that. Yeah, and I think it's also important to call out too that we are, yes, you know, as Martin said, we're, we're pulling in enough data and analysis to be able to build that model within Network Insight and then do constant analysis against that model for changes and, uh, you know, tying it all together, where, whether it be um, layer two, layer three, and pulling in the, the, not only the underlay infrastructure, but the overlay infrastructure and putting it all into one picture um, and modeling that out and then utilizing things like formal verification uh, you know, algorithms and so on to do analysis across that data and those models to be able to look at things, not only of just, Hey, here's what my network looks like, but also to be able to go in and say, you know, I want to, I want to be able to do uh, and take a look if I have path availability from a uh, specific source and destination and what will that path look like both across my virtual and physical infrastructure and looking to see, do it, you know, are there ACLs or ACLs that are actually blocking those paths and so on and being able to model all that out uh, within a single network infrastructure model uh, is one of the great powerful things that Network Insight does. This just went so far beyond monitoring. It's not, this isn't just monitoring then, that's a misnomer. This is monitoring and we can do that, that path analysis to be able to show you, yeah, this flow is going to get dropped at this router. Why? Because there's an ACL in here that, that has a deny and it's going to get dropped right there. Monitoring is monitoring, right? And, and I always use fairly deliberate syntax here, Ethan, which is monitoring is I go and fetch something. I pull, I collect. So I go and get some configs. I go and get some SNMP information. I get some flow data, right? That's, that's kind of one way of doing it. Visibility is when you take that data and you make something of it, right? You can actually see the internal state of the router. Is it actually exceeding the CPU? Is it, what's the user experience of that network? And so when we talk about software defined perimeters or, you know, end-to-end flows, you start talking about visibility. And then above that, we talk about observability, Mm. which takes you up to the next level and says, it's not actually about the flows or the transition of the packets as they move through the network devices through each hop, virtual and physical devices in the network. Remember the network overlays has its own hops as well as the underlay. When you get into observability, you're also talking about what's the application experience. There's there's three levels to this. And this product does the bottom two certainly and starts to get into the top level of observability in that nomenclature, if you like, because it's starting to say, I can see what the user experience looks like in some key aspects that I can see the end-to-end nature of connectivity and whether it's going to work or not. Well, actually, you guys tell us then, what, what is your knowledge or what is VRNI's knowledge of applications? We know you're doing flow analysis. We've talked a lot about that. So can it do like fingerprinting and know what an application is that's flowing across the network? And then maybe based on the network model, what that actually means to the quality of experience for that app? Yeah, that's that's absolutely what, what it's doing currently. Um, just just to level set a little bit, and I know that's an ugly word, but there's two types of applications, right? There's the the user application that's actually flowing over the network, so the L7 uh, application, and then there's 
a bunch of workloads that make up an application that are hosted within the data center and then serving that uh, L7 application basically. So what VRNI does is basically model both of them. So it'll see those uh, those application IDs going over the network. We can do analysis based on that. Uh, but the other part is the actual workloads making up that application for the end user. That's where um, Network Insight kind of shines because there's a couple of things here that are important. Um, so Greg, you were mentioning about uh, application performance. Uh, we have this, uh, this construct of an application, which is basically just a tiered model. So you could have like the, 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 the basic example of a web app database uh, tiering. And then inside that construct, you can have either uh, VMs, physical IP addresses, or even Kubernetes workloads as a part of that application. And then once you have that, then Network Insight will start correlating that application construct to things like flows, to things like latency. It'll um, it'll grab a couple of default uh, thresholds alerts or so analytics uh, whenever some weird traffic pattern happens over that application, it'll alert you for that. So that's uh, that's out of the, all out of the box. And then we have that application dashboard where you can look at the application level and then all of the attached network components that are serving that application. So because we have that, that network model and then also the workloads within those, those applications, we can actually look at like what application or what network components or which switches with routers or firewalls are supporting that application. So you can uh, directly correlate the network equipment and the, 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 the feature host uh, directly to that application. Uh, and that's all visible in that, that application dashboard. And if anything were wrong with any of those components, you would see that in that, that application dashboard. So the cool part is our customers give the application owners access to that application dashboard. So they are able to log into uh, to VRNI and then Basically, first, before they start bugging the uh, the network admin or uh, the, the the infrastructure admin, they can look at that application dashboard and see for themselves if there's anything wrong with the underlying network in the infrastructure uh, and see if they are getting any alerts uh, based on the analytics that are driven over the, those application constructs. So, that's, so it's, that's, it's, that's, it's, it's a it's meantime right. to innocence that comes very quickly oh. and with a lot of context around it as opposed to looking and going, I don't see any problems. Everything's green in what I'm monitoring, but because we're at the uh, visibility or even observability layer, and you know all the network components, physical and virtual, that are involved in application delivery, you can say with confidence, the end-to-end -end path is clear here. So whatever the application problem is, we don't believe it is the network because we have deep information about the delivery path. It, it's fine. Look, here's all the components. Here's why we know it's working. Yep, yep. And um, if everything is still operational, Network Insight also tracks conversion changes. So, for example, someone changed the firewall rule somewhere, uh, blocking some type of uh, traffic that it's not supposed to be blocked. Uh, that information is also visible within that application dashboard. So you could, you could basically see that, okay, so everything is working fine. All the switches are good, but um, I did have a change on the firewalls um, at this point in time and it changed this firewall rule and that's not supposed to be dropped. That's supposed to be allow something like that. Hmm. And I think also too, just to add to that too, as we're talking about the applications and I think one of the key things that's important, you know, that Mark Tyne called out 
is, you know, when we're, we're talking applications, applications typically aren't a single, you know, element, whether it be a uh, specific to a virtual machine or running, if we're running Kubernetes, running various, you know, services and so on. So being able to understand what makes up an application is something that Network Insight is very powerful at because we offer various ways to be able to understand and study and learn what makes up that application, which is all, is always a challenge that we see with our customers is that, you know, especially you know, whether you're planning to do uh, a data migration or, or, you know, from the on-premises data center to public cloud, as an example, we have different ways that we can take and provide the end user the ways to understand the dependencies and what makes up that application. So we're utilizing. <laughs> Man, you know, you're being very, very polite, but what, what you're saying here is no one has any idea what ports any of this stuff runs over, but we, we've got a way to figure that out. Is that where we're heading? Typically, typically, I mean, that's what we're, see, you know, that's what we see it. You know, the, one of the biggest challenges, especially with people and uh, in, in, uh, companies migrating to cloud infrastructure and so on is truly understanding what is what ports are being utilized in the network and so on for that application. You know, the application could be 20 years old and the developers are no longer around and there's no true real way, you know, you're just kind of studying, you know, you might be doing some flow ingestion and doing, well, I hope that's all the ports that are being utilized. But what happens if a sales report runs one time a month, as an example, at midnight and it requires some specific port on the network to be open. When you're implementing things like micro segmentation, within your infrastructure, you want to make sure that you've not blocked that port impacted that application. So a powerful element within Network Insight is we utilize machine learning. So we can actually take and utilizing machine learning algorithms and study all communication uh, that occurs within an application over a period of time. So let's say I want to analyze it for a full month and I'm studying all of the communication occurring within that application truly understanding all of my dependencies, whether it be shared services like, you know, DNS or uh, NTP or Active Directory or uh, relations with other applications that depend on specific, let's say, virtual machines within the app, you know, an application that we're trying to focus on. So utilizing those algorithms and studying all that communication is very powerful and Network Insight will actually model out and show you what truly makes up an application within your infrastructure. And I find that especially useful for finding the unknown unknowns, the things I don't know that I didn't were there. And then using the application's capabilities, now I can work out what app it is. That to Absolutely. me is, right? It, it's, if I know what a flow looks like and I know, and I can know that this port, it belongs to that app and this, you know, that's web, you know, that's SSL, that's, hang on, what's this, right? It's when I don't know what that is, that's when these tools are doubly valuable or triply valuable to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that was in one of the initial targets when, uh, you know, V-Realize Network Insight um, first, you know, became, was released by, uh, by VMware um, is to focus on, especially when we were talking with like NSX and doing micro segmentation, is how do we understand everything that we need to actually segment? So Network Insight brings that visibility and allows us to do that analysis, you know, not only for doing, let's say, migration planning, but if I want to implement a security posture and, and ensure that I've got proper segmentation, I need to understand all of those ports that are required before I go and implement that deny all rule um, within my, my firewall. 
And this allows us to do that analysis. And then it also provides you with a list of those firewall rules that you should, you could take and literally export from Network Insight and apply to your firewall. So whether it's in NSX at the distributed firewall level or a physical firewall, you can take those suggested rules and implement them, apply your denial at the end, and you've now segmented, let's say, that tier of that application, or you know, depending on what approach you're taking um, from a construct basis in applying your segmentation. So we've got some major use cases that we've defined here for VR and I. One, I, we kind of talked about it at the top of the show is network monitoring, but I think we've ratcheted this up. It's network monitoring, yeah, but it's visibility. And even more than that, it's observability. Uh, so that that's big, just having a clear understanding of what in the world is going on in your network and how all the pieces, physical and virtual overlay and underlay fit together. We've got security policy profiling. You were just describing, Matt, understanding how applications talk to each other, what the dependencies are so that you can build an appropriate security policy. We've talked a bit about path troubleshooting already, where you're trying to figure out how one app is talking to another app and what the network path is. And is that path good? Um, so that that's there as a use case. Uh, give me some unusual use cases, some unexpected things that you have heard customers doing with VRNI. It's actually quite funny because one of the biggest use cases that we're currently focusing on, which is uh, migration, uh, got to be honest, we didn't even think of that. Um, so we were approached by by customers at some point using all of that data, using the application discovery, using the flow data that we uh, that we collect, and then mapping out the network requirements for um, for um, for an application migration scenario whether that be a selective migration or like a full migration. You're, uh, but you're talking migrating to public cloud or migrating to another data center, that kind of a thing? Yeah, that kind of thing. It doesn't really matter as long as you're looking at the same application, like the applications picking them up and putting them somewhere. I mean, if you're looking at a public cloud migration, then you're typically refactoring the app a little bit as well. So then the traffic patterns will shift a little bit, but if you were to pick it up and then put it into uh, VMware Cloud AWS, for example, that's just a one-on-one -on -one, uh, VM migration, uh, then the traffic patterns will will remain the same. So what they what they were doing is they were uh, looking at the total traffic that was coming in and out of these applications, uh, classifying them by uh, by end users. Uh, so how many traffic. Uh, from the total traffic profile is going to end users and how much is, is staying within the app or talking to other apps. Uh, also, how much of that traffic is going out to the internet or the other way around. Uh, in you know, even in order to determine like where in the world in the cloud are you going to plumb that application? Uh, so if most of the end users are coming from the UK, for example, it doesn't really make sense to put the application in the US and the other way around. Um, so all of those those data that that VRNI just presents on a kind of a silver platter, um, they were using that to map out those uh, those those migrations uh, for them, and we're now kind of filling out um, um, some some default functionality that we uh, that we support in order to ease that 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 use case. But that was a pretty cool one because it it kind of came out of nowhere. Hmm. Uh it, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that's that's definitely one of those use cases I, I see. Also, is is definitely with migration. I, I've even seen some, you know, various scenarios where customers are utilizing 
you know, vRealize Network Insight for use cases like strictly just to monitor their Cisco ACI infrastructure. And, um, you know, and, and also having extending that visibility into, you know, connectivity into the virtual infrastructure. So, um, you know, there's with, with, you know, things like Cisco ACI being APIC driven and, you know, from a uh, centralized standpoint with Network Insight being able to integrate with ACI at the APIC level and discover the fabric and, and so on. All of the mm-hmm. intelligence that we're pulling and modeling I see a lot of customers that, you know, are, are have just used the product solo, you know, for Cisco ACI uh, and being able to have, you know, visibility into that infrastructure, um, but also to be able to extend it into the virtual uh, workloads and being able to associate like workloads to each EPG and, and have true visibility and, and not only just, hey, these 30 VMs are within this EPG, it's, it's tying it into fully modeling it out. So they're actually seeing path the path analysis and being able to say, if this workload wants to communicate with this workload, how does it traverse my ACI infrastructure? And so I, we, you know, that's another uh, use case that I've seen, you know, customers come at me and say, you know, we're just looking to do, you know, this and to simplify this um, as far as within our, our infrastructure. Um, you know, so that that's a key use case there. And, you know, and some other things I think, that I've seen is, you know, with enterprises today, within these companies, everything is so siloed. It's still siloed, even though we've been trying to tear those silos down. Those, you know, you have your security teams, you have your virtual infrastructure teams, you have your networking teams, and everybody has their own tools and so on that they're utilizing for monitoring and visibility. Um, you know, and and the issue becomes, let's say, from you know, you know, from when I was a a network engineer going in and doing, you know, troubleshooting and, and analysis, I would lose visibility once I got past my top rack switch because I didn't have access to, let's say, vCenter. So I couldn't go in and say, see how a ESXi host uh, was configured. You know, what are the MTUs? What are, you know, what's, you know, what VLANs are allowed to traverse the physical NICs and so on. You lose that visibility. <laughs> I was, was going to say, thing. it's always VLAN tagging, always. Just, exactly. Uh, and it's, you know, an MTU mismatches now when, with, you know, you got these overlay protocols, so, you know, like VXLAN and Geneve and being yeah. able to support the MTU. So that's one thing that's great, uh, you know, in another use case where I talk to so many network engineers that say, hey, you know, this is awesome because now I basically have all of that data that I could look up within vCenter that I don't have access to because that's the virtual team that's managing all of that in a read-only fashion that I can pull up within Network Insight and I can easily correlate. And if I see a, you know, an MTU mismatch or VLAN you know, configuration issue or so on, I can pull that up and I can say, oh, there's, your, there's the issue right there. I can click uh, on, you know, a, a dashboard, click share and send it over to the virtual team and say, hey, you guys need to modify your MTU configuration on, on this host. And that's why, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, issues with communication as an example. I, this is so valuable, but it's, it's also a sad commentary on how IT departments are organized. But but I've run into exactly <laughs> this. I just want to log into vCenter so I can look at vSwitch configuration. No, get back in your box. You do network stuff. <laughs> that is network exactly. stuff. No, it's virtual vCenter, VMware magic stuff. You can't yeah. touch it's it. It's mystical magic that only the princes of VMware are allowed to touch. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, you know, that's the thing, though. It's, it's networking is not just in, you know, it's not just physical routers and switches anymore. I mean, overlay networking is, is really, you know, 
put a change into how things are done, especially within the data centers. And, you know, so now you've got, you know, virtual switches and virtual routers and everything running, you know, in these, in these virtual environments. And, you know, that becomes part about a challenge. It, is it never was. MPLS is an overlay network, right? It's a tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Just happens to be using a tagged formatted packet instead of an encapsulated packet format. VLANs are, an, are a tunnel format, right? Because you just use a tag to mark out the tunnel. The yep. challenge here is the control protocol that distributes the state information around them. So in VLAN, it was all manually configured. In MPLS, we used LDP and later BGP. And in the case of EVPN, well, you know, we just made it deliberately hard for ourselves because we're all stupid. But aside from that, <laughs> you know, the, the technology hasn't changed in 30 years, right? You know? Yeah, the technology's you know the same, and that's that's one of the things too that um, you know from you guys you know, mentioned as far as what well, you know what are we seeing you know specific use cases that you know are being utilized, and and one of the things is is that you know and Martine and I we both came from the you know we were both network engineers um, prior to to joining VMware and so on, so we're we were those guys working in the data centers and and you know, doing those types of, doing that type of troubleshooting and, and deploying infrastructure. So with, when, when things like NSX came out with the overlay protocols and so on, we get into trying to truly, you know, grasp that change. Okay. We're so used to pulling out, you know, physical switches and routers, racking them, cabling them and, you know, doing configurations and, you know, you, you get that it's in, you know, you understand that in your mind. And now you're, you're, you're taking the same type of concept, the same functionalities, but you're putting them into a, a virtual infrastructure and trying to grasp that for someone that is, you know, worked in the physical networking infrastructure for 30 years. And, and that those, those shifts and that change, but it makes, it makes it kind of hard to be able to visualize it. And I like to visualize yeah. everything. Mm. So that's where, you know, a use case where network insight comes in that it actually, you know, it's, it helps the network engineers as an example that are shifting into this overlay networking concept and, you know, trying to, to grasp that it, because of its modeling capabilities and because it makes, when I pull up a NSX router inside VRealize Network Insight, you know, from a, and looking at, hey, what is its routing table? What is its interfaces? You know, what's the status and so on. And I pull up, let's say a Cisco, router as an example you get that same look touch feel within the product so it makes it easier to understand and and you know how is it configured how are they operating uh you know what's their operational status what's their admin status what's their routing table look like you know simplifying it but also being able to model it in a visual topology that makes it a lot easier to understand and grasp the concept of overlay networking for those that are new to overlay networking you know, we okay, we've got a really good idea of what Vieira and I does. There's a lot of power here that covers a lot of ground. But one thing we didn't get into that I think is worth talking about is SD-WAN. You mentioned like a, the Velo Cloud acquisition and uh, how VMware SD-WAN integrates here. But dive into that a little more because almost everybody listening to this podcast probably has an SD-WAN of some flavor. So just talk to us about the benefits Vieira and I brings to an SD-WAN environment. Yeah, absolutely. So with the SD-WAN integration within vRealize Network Insight, uh, there, there's, a, a, you know, obviously there's a, a ton of benefits because we have the capability of obviously modeling out the SD-WAN infrastructure, um, the tunnels, the overlays, the connections to the gateways, you know, the, the uh, VMware gateways that are running um, in the pops and so on. 
uh, and, and being able to provide, again, as we talked about, you know, the end end visibility as it, you know, as it extends across the SD-WAN infrastructure, how applications are traversing and utilizing that infrastructure uh, in the end users and, and, and how the performance of those, you know, edges running at each one of the branches or the data centers are performing um, and, and being able to have that, you know, whether I want to focus on a specific branch or if I want to focus on the entire enterprise infrastructure that's deployed Having all of that, um, you know, follows with what we're doing with, you know, just inside the data center or inside the branch, looking at those those uh, overlay and underlay infrastructure. The last piece, you know, that I would say that is is another strong point with SDUM is uh, integration is that the capability of for customers that are looking to do analysis and say, hey, to you know, I'm, I want to make a shift into SDUM and I want to get an idea of you know, how much bandwidth do I need or, you know, what size edge do I need to deploy within my infrastructure for each one of these branches and so on. So if you realize Network Insight actually has an assessment mode that can be ran prior to deploying a uh, SD-WAN infrastructure. So you can go in and add things like your Cisco ASRs and ISRs and so on as an example and run analysis on those and look at, and we'll provide you with output like, how much traffic is utilizing your MPLS circuits? How much traffic is utilizing your internet circuits? What's that traffic look like? You know, are you, you know, how much bandwidth is being consumed? What is the quality of experience and so on? Or the, the QoS, uh, you know, utilization? Um, what are the application performance look like? And providing that in a detailed report. And then in that report, providing you basically a bill of material saying, you know, th- if you're going to go SD-WAN, this is the size edge you need to run within your infrastructure. This is the bandwidth that you need. Um, this is what, you know, how much traffic reduction you could do all across your traditional MPLS um, and, and, you know, make that oh. shift. And this is what that <laughs> optimization is going to look like. So all the things that we talked about that apply, and we sort of focused on the data center network so far, but all of the, the methods we talked about for data collection apply to SD-WAN and all the analysis tools apply equally to a WAN network because it's all, flows and packets and applications. So in a funny sort of way, it's, it's the same. It's different, but it's the same. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, Matt, as you were describing the reporting and that you could get and what's being used on which circuit, I'm laughing going, hey, turns out according to this report, I don't actually use my MPLS anymore. And the quality of experience is actually better across the internet anyway. Who would have known? Since that's what we hear from people all the time. (laughs) Martine, back over to you. If people want to find out more about vRealize Network Insight, where would you direct them? Well, the first part that I would recommend is to listen to that earlier podcast um, around assurance verification has a little bit more information around how it actually works in the uh, the high level uh, modeling uh, area. But um, like if, if you're new to Freelance Network Inside, the best way that you can learn is through our Pathfinder. And that's, uh, I, I believe that's linked in the in the show notes, but basically it's just a website where you can pick your use case and then we will guide you through a learning path. So getting started with Veer and I, uh, getting a little bit more deep uh, deep into like how, how does the search engine work? How does uh, the, the, the assurance and verification work? And then the, all the way down to uh, the gorilla guy that we've got. Uh, which is a 50, a 60, a um, page uh, document where you can learn all about all the use cases and then even conclude with like a trial. So the, um, because Free Realize Network Insight is also available as a cloud service, you can just 
click a few buttons and, and get a, a 30 day free trial and then set it up, see what it does. Uh, and then, um, yeah, kick the tires a little bit. Very good. And yes, if you're listening to this and you're interested in all of that, the links will be in the show notes at packetpushers.net. Just click around for heavy networking and find this show. And, uh, and then you'll have all the links right there. Or just go and search the internet for vRealize Network Insight. Because as soon as I did that, I found all this stuff. VMware does a great job of keeping everything organized on their site. And you can drill in, find all of those assets there and learn all the things. Uh, it really is easy to find that stuff. So we thank VMware for sponsoring today's episode of Heavy Networking from the Packet Pushers Podcast Network. And the way it works, everyone listening, our sponsors make it possible for you to be the one with the answers when the boss comes asking. And for more podcasts from our network, check out IPv6 Buzz, Day 2 Cloud, Network Break, and more. Hit our subscribe page at packetpushers.net slash subscribe, or just search for Packet Pushers in your podcast client. If you're on the socials, follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers, and you can find us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to chat with me, Ethan Banks, my co-host Greg Farrow, and over 1,700 other IT pros from around the world, join our Slack group. That is at packetpushers.net slash Slack. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.